Hello folks, my name is Noah Ben Shia, and we are very excited to bring you this vital and important interview podcast. We are broadcasting today from the Innovations and in Behavioral Healthcare Conference hosted by Foundations Recovery Network. What we all learn in life is that wisdom is where we are wise enough to find it. I think you will find it here. Please lend this conversation an open mind, a warm heart, and a few moments of your time. Thank you. That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. What's up? We're coming to you live from Nashville, Tennessee at the Innovations in Behavioral Healthcare sponsored by Foundations Recovery Network. Got a friend of mine, Brandon Stump here from the Ohio House. Brandon, what's up, man? How are you today? I'm doing wonderful, man. Thank you very much. Great to have you on today, man. Um, I'm excited to hear a little bit about your story and about the Ohio House, how it started. Um, it's really grown into something that is truly amazing, man, helping out a lot of men out there. Um, can you tell us first, let's let's start with you, man. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you come from, and uh, what you're up to today, man. Absolutely. Uh, well, first of all, you got to bear with me. I lost my voice last night screaming for my Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. They- we uh, won the championship. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of that, myself being from the Bay Area, Brandon being from Ohio, we had that battle between the uh, Golden State Warriors versus Cleveland Cav- Cavaliers, and you guys came out on top, man. So congrats on that. Hey, thank you very much. Most most Warrior fans want to say that Steph, Steph lost the game for you guys, but you, you actually gave respect. We earned it, and uh, it feels for good. sure. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, It was super exciting, man. Uh, you guys deserve it. That's for sure. So, yeah, my name is Brandon Stump. I'm uh, 31 years old. Born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, you know uh, what happened was uh, you know I couldn't get sober out there, yeah. so I so I ran away to California. Couldn't get sober there either for a little while, yeah. but uh, you know I thought Ohio was the problem, and it, it turned out to be me. Sure, <laughs> that strategic uh, relocation. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's very very common, I think. Uh, let me ask you this, man. It's kind of a kind of an interesting question, I guess. What's the craziest, most ridiculous thing you ever experienced, man, doing, doing drugs or alcohol? Like, explain the madness of it. Okay. I mean, we could, we could go all day about that stuff. Sure. You know, I was addicted to heroin, and uh, I couldn't kick it. Um, I guess uh, a uh, story that uh, comes to, to mind um, is the fact that when I was 21 years old, I uh, was living in an apartment in Toledo, Ohio, and uh, at that point, I couldn't drink any longer. I uh, had three ulcers uh, from from wow. drug uh, from alcohol abuse, and I had uh, only option to stop drinking. But it didn't stop me from using heroin, and actually projected that even further. And um, I stayed in a um, a high-rise apartment here outside of Toledo, Ohio, and uh, I didn't leave that room for six months straight. And uh, every single morning, I would throw up blood. And, uh, and every single night, I would uh, go to bed um, high on heroin and wake up and do it all over again until I fell out. Man, dude, that's crazy. And so when, when you're waking up on those days, um, are you telling yourself, like, I, I'm going to quit? 
Is it that pattern or oh, is yeah. it just like, cause I know how that can be where you're just, it's, it's that constant guilt and shame of like, damn, I know what I'm doing is just destroying myself. But at the same time, it's, it, you're so addicted to it. What can you do? Yeah. I mean, at that time in life, it wasn't at that point. Uh, it wasn't a, at the point of using against my will at that point in my life. I was fully, uh, wanting to do that. So got I'd, it, I'd wake up at two in the afternoon and uh, the first thought was, well, I need to go do this. Yeah. And uh, it was just a job. And right. I would do it all day and all night, and then I'd fall asleep. And it, it, wasn't, it wasn't at the point yet where I was like, I don't want to be doing this. I enjoyed it. And it was just my life. So that's all I knew. So yeah. it was yeah. just work. Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring that up, man, because I have uh, my Aunt Wanda. She was a, um, a heroin junkie for over 20 years she's i think she's uh, 15 years clean now but she's she described the exact same thing she goes she goes shane it, it was like it was getting up every day and it was like going to work mm-hmm. it was hard to get high because they you know obviously you do things that you normally wouldn't do to get you know to get to get high to feel better i guess mm-hmm. um explain explain like who who you once were and who you are today man what's the difference in that okay like who i once was like when i was growing up or who i once was when i was addicted to heroin why don't you talk about who talk about the transformation who you once were before you got addicted to heroin and then i mean i was the guy i was the guy that you know when saw when i saw a mom it was like let's do bear hugs you know i'd get i'd grab my mom and i'd give her a big ass bear hug and uh, (laughs) i just squeeze i was known for my bear hugs i was a good kid you know i grew up i played sports and uh, I was just happy. I had friends. I was out there doing things. I mean, I grew up. I mean, I would pick pick uh, zucchinis out of my neighbor's backyards and go door to door and sell them to the housewives. And I'd sell twenty dollars zucchinis. <laughs> I'd no paint way. rocks and go door to door and sell them. I knew the neighborhood. Yeah. I was always hustling. I was always getting money. A little bit of entrepreneurship <laughs> yeah, yeah. in there. I was always age. doing something. Yeah. And uh, and then when I got addicted to heroin, that, that all went out the window. And, and really, when I started drinking, even. Uh, that all went out the window, and this new version of Brandon came to town. Yeah. And uh, it, I was just, you know, I still wanted that attention. I still liked that, uh, but I was a maniac. My nickname was Hurricane Stomp. I got these 14-inch feet, and in in, in everywhere I go, I showed up. It was just yeah. like, here comes Hurricane. Everything's no. about to get ruined. Damn. Um, was, that, was that a bridge for you, alcohol to heroin? Yeah. It was? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 was, a, it was a long bridge, uh, yeah. but it all starts with alcohol for me. How old? Oh, man. I was young, man. I mean, I was I was young. I think yeah. I was probably 11, 12 years old when I started Damn, drinking. Man, but but I mean, really put turn it and all. And I was in fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Yeah. Um, how how did that uh, how did that transformation, um, you know, from this entrepreneur mindset, bear hugs, and then into drinking and using drugs? How did that affect your family, man? Oh, it affected them tremendously. I mean, it, it alienated me from the entire family. Yeah. So I'm the oldest of four. Um, and yeah, so it was like, where Brandon's not coming on family vacations. Brandon's sure. out doing that. Brandon's gone. So yeah, it, it, it affected the family tremendously so much so that, uh, today it's like a beautiful thing. I got my brother who came to treatment with, uh, I, I had a family weekend in treatment back in 07, I uh-huh. think it was. And you know, they made us do the family weekend, look your family in the eye, how has my addiction affected you type thing. Yeah. With 12 days sober, I don't, I don't, uh, you know, <laughs> I was in that room and I just planned on getting by. And, and my brother told me, you stick another needle in your arm, I'll never talk to you for the rest of your life. His friend had just passed away from heroin three days prior to having to come oh, yeah. see his older brother in treatment. Damn. And I used for another four years straight. Um, today, 
that man is my business partner, my best friend, and I see him on a daily basis. Uh, my sister, my younger sister, works here at Foundations. Yes. Uh, I helped get her an interview here at Foundations, and she works in the field. Yeah. Um, my well, mom and my dad are huge uh, recovery um, activists in their hometown in Cleveland, Ohio, where 26 people a week die from a heroin overdose, and a lot of their friends come to them for help. Man, so this is, this has turned into a, a family business, really. Yeah. In a sense, I mean, I don't, I don't, I hate to, I don't even want to say business. Like, I don't like to put a business, even that word, on it. But it's a, it's a community where you guys have came together to really help other people. Yeah. And um, the irony in that is, you, you, you took a, a terrible situation, man, for yourself, and were able to turn it around and now using it to help other people. So I'm, I'm a firm believer in, in God has a plan for all of us, and oh yeah, 100%. He has a path for us. One hundred percent, because it is a God thing. So I didn't ever yeah. want to work in treatment. When I got sober, finally, I was kind of glad that I was done with the whole treatment thing, um, because I had been through it a bunch, 15, 20 times. I've been checked into detoxes, treatment centers. I had no desire to work in treatment. Yeah. And what happened was at four months of sobriety i went back to cleveland ohio i went to the bar that everyone goes to the night before thanksgiving and i saw a bunch of old friends two of them had heroin in their pocket they saw me they said whoa you look different i said you look the same if you need help ever call me <laughs> and within a month both those guys called me and i moved them out to california just because they asked for help and then we got a three-bedroom house and uh i just showed them what i was doing and helped these guys change their life and the you know the recovering community would come over to our house for barbecues yeah. and games and shit and it would just got jokingly called the ohio house because that's where we were all from yeah, dude. That and so and I, I wanna I wanna get into that. And before we talk about the Ohio House, real quick, what was that light bulb mo moment for you, or did you have a light bulb moment where you, it just kind of hits you like, like I have to change? Was it a God thing? Was it something that was kind of forced upon you that turned into that, or how did that work for you? Well, I can tell you that the night before I got sober on August second, two thousand and ten, I was living in my car. I was homeless. I was living with a dog, and uh, I had been in there for some time, and. Uh, I was staying at a hotel in the parking lot. You know, I, was, I didn't have a room. Uh, but that night, I said, God, you don't exist. Uh, if you did, you'd get off that cloud you're sitting on, and you'd come into this car, and you would do something because I'm going to die within the next three days. I don't believe you exist, and uh, prove me wrong. And uh, that morning, I walked into the, uh, to the breakfast joint at the hotel to ask for a cup of coffee. And they said, okay, it's two bucks. And I said, we'll charge it to room 213. And they said, oh, no, we don't do that here. And at that moment, I had zero hustle. Uh, my whole entire life, I was able to get what I needed, yeah. especially when it came to drugs. I got it done. That morning, I could not hustle a cup of coffee. I looked at that person. I said, okay, and I left. Yeah. And I thought to myself, if I go to the Alcoholics Anonymous meeting at 7 a.m., I can get a cup of coffee and I can get a cigarette. And so I drove over there. And before wow. I got out of my car that morning... I pulled the rear view mirror down in my own car and looked myself dead in the eyes and I said, hey, Brendan, let's try something different today. Let's try to stay sober for one day. And I've never had a drink since. And uh, it is uh, real for me when I think about that, knowing that I don't pull my rear view mirror down and focus on my own eyes. I don't tell hard, myself to stay to sober do, for one day. And I do feel that it is a God thing that kind of came yeah. into that car like I asked and, and it kind of made me look at myself. Damn, dude, you're bringing a tear to my eye. Dog. We're going to have to get a bear hug afterwards. <laughs> I'll give you a bear hug. <laughs> dude, that's so cool, man. It's so, like, it's amazing. So so transitioning now into the Ohio house, so you kind of already touched on that. Uh, you brought your two homies from from back home. They came out to, uh, to Orange County with you. 
um, you guys kind of formed the recovery house. And then what happens next, man? Well, what happened next was, that's a great question. I was working in aviation. I was on airplane parts. I got myself a big boy job in my first six months of sobriety, and it felt good. Um, but I would come home every day from work, and I'd go work, work on the house with these guys. And uh, I was getting a lot more out of it. And, and my phone started chirping. Uh, what happened was one of those guys, actually both of those guys relapsed at seven months of sobriety. Really? So I got a year. And then both of them went out with seven months. And you were all living together at this time. Yeah, we time. were all living together. And so I had a year of sobriety. And I gave both those guys multiple chances. And ultimately, uh, my own recovery was at risk, so I kicked them out. Yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, today, one of those guys is sober and one's not. Uh, but I was left with a three-bedroom house. And I couldn't afford to live there by myself. So, it, it, coincidentally enough, my phone started chirping. Hey, is there any beds at the Ohio house? People called it a business before it was just my yeah. house so i i said yeah you know what come by i started filling my house up with newcomers who had 100 bucks or 150 bucks and wanted a place to stay and yeah i started working with them and i called my dad one day i said hey pops um i think i'm gonna pursue this ohio house thing full time and he's just he just laughed he said you better make it work so i left i left that aviation job and said i'm gonna do this really yeah that's that's a that's a straight up leap of faith man yeah. I mean, in a sense, right? I mean, but, Absolutely. but at the same time, would you say that, uh, that you like, I don't, for me, like, I know, I know when I'm doing something and I'm passionate about it, I know that that's it. And it sounds like you kind of just knew that same thing. Like, this is it. This is what I want to do at that time. Well, it was designed. It was laid out yeah. for me. It wasn't my, really my choice. It yeah. was like, it was like, this is what that's you're so doing, crazy. man. Um, just wake up morning, wake up early and just go to work. Yeah. Like you're used to doing. Yeah. And just work cuz this is you. This is what you're doing. And yeah. uh and I really didn't it wasn't a business plan. There wasn't really anything going on that it was not my idea. It was yeah. an accident. Isn't it funny too how we can take a like whether whether we're um you know addicted to heroin or addicted to alcohol, whatever substance, whatever thing it is, the effort that we put in to, to getting high, to getting drunk, to deceiving mm. others around us, to you know not show our true colors, whatever it is. If we take that effort, man, and put it into something positive, dude, it's like you you could crush it like that. So absolutely. Um, so get so talk about today now. So since the Ohio House started, uh, where is it today, man? Well, I mean, just just to back up and talk what you just yeah, said right yeah. there. Like I I love it because it's it's so true. It's like as, as alcoholics and drug addicts, what you're talking about there is it's like it's this fiber in our DNA yeah. that we can relate to. Now, uh, when you take the drugs and alcohol away, that fiber that in our DNA has not gone anywhere. It's actually just falling asleep. It needs to be focused on. It needs to be tapped into. It's like kind of like hush hush we have like a secret superpower yeah. gene you know and it's fucking yeah. cool and if we can use it and and benefit others with it and tap into it i mean yeah. goals i mean come on we can do anything yeah and uh and i've been able to accomplish so much by just tapping into that and that's the yeah. first thing i talk to people about it's like hey man you've got this like superpower gene yeah. that you need to tap into and you yeah. need to exercise it yeah uh, and whatever that is for you um, and I see, and I, I, I truly feel like God gives us all a unique gift. So everybody has something special about them. And a lot of the time it's either buried way down deep or when we talk about fear, I mean, we could do a whole nother show on fear about the fear of letting that gift out and really like getting after it and talking about it. Man, think about how much other talent and unique um, people are out there that are struggling. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's hopefully... Um, why all of us are at a conference at, like this too is yeah. uh, to connect and really branch out and help some other people out Absolutely. there. Absolutely. So, um, so Ohio House, I think you have eight houses right now. Is that right? No, we have thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. man. 
So, um, so tell us a little bit about how it's grown and um, um, where it's at today. Yeah, I might have to update the website or something like yeah. that because, yeah, we, we actually have 13 houses. We have 96 beds, uh, close to 30 employees. Uh, and, and where it's at today is it's kind of been, um, we've been just, we haven't grown a single bed in the last two years on purpose. We've been. Uh, is this all in Southern California? Yeah. Okay. It's all in the same neighborhood. Is it? I mean, I got five houses right next door to each other. Really? Another, another sets of two. So, I mean, it's a community. Orange County? Yeah. Okay. Got yeah. It. We're right off the, the Newport Beach Peninsula up in a city called Costa Mesa. It's about two yeah. miles to the sand right there. I know exactly where that's at. Yeah. It's a nice spot. Um, Anyway, sorry. Go ahead, man. Yeah, the Ohio House is, is crushing. I mean, we, it's 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 a it's a brotherhood. Yeah. The, the the team uh, that we have at the Ohio House is all in. Uh, my guys are not waking up on a daily basis uh, and working for a paycheck. Yeah, we're working for something else, and it's a uh, it's the man. communication and the brotherhood and the strength that we have uh, that goes beyond nine to five. Yeah, and uh, really. Um, the Ohio House is something very special, and it's, it's, it's been very special for me to, to kind of have this team around because the Ohio House is run by so many individuals and so many people that have like this like expertise in exactly the way that they run their property. Yeah. So each house has a different manager, and they live there. And they're 24/7, and that's their gig. And you know, I got the managers who manage by, hey, we're gonna go out to a to a dubstep show, and we're gonna dance tonight. We're gonna have fun. And then I got guys who, hey, you know what? You've never had structure in your life. I'm gonna wake you up at 7 a.m. and make sure you get done with your chore, and make sure you do your praying before you leave the house, and make sure you have a plan throughout the day. Yeah. You know, and I have these different types of managers that, you know, I can. I can get a background on a guy before he moves into the Ohio house and say, you know what, this is going to be a perfect fit for Jeremy, or this got is going to be a perfect it. fit for Michael. So you can fit that 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 um, that individual in a certain environment in one of the houses that you know that's boom. This is going to work great for him. Because yeah, absolutely. If this, this guy's here. Th- that guy's here. They're going to yeah. mesh well. Dude, that's so cool. What's the age group like? What, My roughly? average age is uh, twenty-five. So we specialize in that 25-year-old heroin addict that's tried to get sober a couple times. But at the same time, I've helped guys 60 years old. I've helped 17-year-olds. I've helped professional athletes. I've helped doctors. I've helped McDonald's restaurant employees. I mean, it's the whole gamut. But really what we do and what we seem to attract are 25-year-old heroin addicts. Got it, got it. Okay. Um, I I got a couple more questions for you, man, Uh, and we'll wrap this up. what advice, man, would you give Would you give someone out there who's Stay listening true. right now? Stay true to exactly what you are and who you are and follow, follow every sign that's given to you and run with it because it's there for a reason. Anything that sticks out to you that, 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 that seems to be drawing you a certain direction, if you fight that, you're lost. If you go with it, you'll find yourself. Cool, man, cool. All right, Brandon. We're gonna do real quick the heart and hustle round. All right, okay. it's it's uh it's a couple of quick questions. You put your heart Uh-oh. into each answer, but hustle it up in about thirty seconds to a minute. All right. Okay. All right. So first one, man. This is the fun one. Well, some would call it fun. I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily fun. Where's the weirdest place you've ever woken up? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, I woke up in a bush in my front yard on Alvin Street in Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> in a bush. Yeah. Upside down. Oh. <laughs> I'm just picturing that. Sorry, bro. That's comedy. All right, number two, man. What's the best thing about being clean and sober? Oh, man. 
the ability to wake up and, and just and just absolutely crush life. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Number three, what's one thing you know now you wish you would have known at the beginning of your sobriety? I, I don't even think about that, man. I, I think that I'm supposed to know what I'm supposed to know when I'm supposed to know it, hmm. and uh, I'm not supposed to know thir- certain things. Yeah. I just, it's just it, more will be revealed. I'm fine knowing what I know right now. I'm, I gotta, I gotta touch on that real quick. I've, I've never really heard that or, or thought about it like that. There's certain things that I'm not supposed to know. Yeah. Because I think, especially as men, we want to feel like we should know everything, no. and we, and, and that's not true, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great, man. Thanks for pointing that out. All right, number four, we got two more. Number four, how do you stay sober? How do I stay sober? I stay connected with my, my, my fellow men in Alcoholics Anonymous. I do a 12-step program. I stay close to God, and uh, I help other people. Number five, man, last last one. Uh, I know there's some folks out there who are definitely going to be interested in uh, checking out the Ohio House, and uh, where can they find that at? And if anyone uh, wants more information, where should they sure. go? Sure. I mean, if they want to check out where the Ohio House is or get in contact with us, it's just www.ohio-house.com. Our phone numbers are on there, and you can email. It comes directly to my personal email. Cool, man. Well, Brandon, thanks for joining us at Innovations in Behavioral Health Care with Foundations Recovery Network. Man, it's a pleasure having you on Sober Guy Radio. Thanks yeah, a lot, man. It. Thank yeah. you very much. All right, man. Cheers. Thanks for listening. For more information or to join the Sober Guy, Sober Girl community, go to www.thatsoberguy.com. Peace, love, respect. Keep your blood clean.